Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Rankin-Jordan Pediatric Bridge Hospital in Maryland Heights is one of the St. Louis area's hidden gems. It's a state-of-the-art facility that provides acute medical care for children suffering from the most complex medical conditions, and it does so regardless of their family's ability to pay. But the woman who founded the hospital back in 1941 was more than a philanthropist with a vision for helping children suffering from polio and bone tuberculosis. She was an Irish immigrant. She was a woman who married late in life for that time, a woman who had no children but who found great meaning in helping others in many, many ways. Today, Mary Rankin-Jordan's remarkable life has brought her great-niece, Susan Walker, from Great Britain to St. Louis. She's here on a fact-finding mission, and she's eager to discuss it with St. Louis listeners and to ask for our help. So without further ado, Susan Walker, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Do you have information about the life and legacy of Mary Rankin-Jordan? Give us a call at 314-382-TALK. That's 382-8255. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Susan Walker, I know your mother remembers Mary Rankin-Jordan visiting her in Dublin many years ago. What did you know about your great aunt when you were growing up? Well, to be honest, I really didn't know very much. My mother had mentioned this visit from a lovely lady from St. Louis, and I also had a photograph of her with her mother, both looking a little bit stern, as they did in those days. So I really didn't know very much about her. She was a bit of a mystery figure for us. And then when I started looking at family history, I found about the connection with the hospital here in St. Louis, and that started me on my quest to find out more. So when did this go from just trying to find out a little more to realizing, wow, I'm going to really make this a project. I am going to become her biographer. Well, I think the more I found out about her, the more interested I became because it's uh, the work that she did for the hospital, founding the hospital, that she also founded the um, Ozark School of Music in her in her husband's name, uh, Clay Jordan. And she also contributed to what was the memorial home, now the Beauvais Manor on the park. So there were so many. So the more I found out, the more interested I became. That makes sense. So for so many St. Louisans, we know the name Rankin-Jordan because this hospital has such a great reputation. But we honestly don't really know anything about the woman behind the name. I understand she was from Northern Ireland. Um, was she herself a Protestant? Yes, yes. She had a very strong faith, Presbyterian church. And she went to a wonderful school in Belfast which was the Royal Victoria College. Now, in those days, most young ladies learned to paint a little, play a little piano, perhaps a little embroidery, and that would be it. But the founder of that particular college had been to America and seen that boys and girls were actually educated the same. We're talking about the 1860s here. And she founded a school. So Mary learned arithmetic, um, science, languages. She had a fantastic education and there was also a very strong uh, sense of community in that college and helping with charities. So she was, together with the other young ladies that went there, much better educated than normal for that age. I understand she was fairly young when her family immigrated to the U.S. Do you have any idea why the family left Northern Ireland? Um, various uh, families uh, had been going over there, and the Rankin family, a number of her uncles had gone over, and I think they sent good news back, <laughs> and therefore more went over. Some went to Philadelphia, and some went to St. Louis, and her father's uh, cousin, 
David Rankin was the one who founded the Technical College here as well. That's another name we all know in St. Louis. So did she end up in St. Louis right away upon immigration, or did it take some time for their family to make their way to here? Well, her two uncles, uh, Hugh Rankin and John Dunlop Rankin, used to visit in Northern Ireland quite a lot. She got to know them there, and they suggested she came back to St. Louis. So she came straight to St. Louis when she was 20 to join her two uncles, living in the Southern Hotel, which I understand has now been demolished, but... Do you know what part of town that was in? Not really. Okay. No, no. Yeah, I'm not familiar with no. that name. I bet we do have some oh, listeners. Oh, yes, we yes. have a lot of history buffs well, it, in this it, town. It was demolished, I think, in about 1950, something like oh, okay. that. So it's no longer there. So she didn't marry until she was 36, which yes. seems unusual for that time. Uh, do you have any idea what she was doing in those years between coming here at 20 and when she was a 36-year-old bride? Yes. Um, she learned a lot from her two uncles. They were both in business And when they died, they left her their money. So that's why she was an heiress and able to found the college and also do other philanthropic works. And how much money are we talking not to sound too, uh, I don't know, too interested in money? I I don't know, but we're talking millions and millions. Um, One of her uncles um, had a lot of stock in the rail, building rails around St. Louis. Fortunes were made in that. Uh, Fortunes were made. And uh, another uncle was in real estate. And having seen some of your wonderful buildings, I can see how come he made a lot of money out of real estate. So here she is, this young woman who ends up with a a large fortune, it sounds like. Uh, What do we know about her husband, Clay Jordan? Um, He was in the business. His uncle had uh, a cutlery business and, in fact, had a factory in England, uh, Sheffield, uh, which is very well known for cutlery, knives, forks, pen knives, etc. So he had a very successful cutlery business. Okay. And so did he have money on his side then too? Or? Yes, he did. Yes, because he, um, the uncle left him the company. Oh, so okay. he had a very successful company So two well. wealthy people found each other. Do we know if this was a love match or more of an economic well, um, engine? Well, I know we can't go back in time, but uh, when Mary first came here, she became great friends with Etty Amelia Jordan, who was Clay's cousin, and I think that she introduced them. Okay. Did Mary leave behind many letters or, or things from that time where you're able to get her sense of things, or is it more that you're having to rely on secondary more, documents? More having to rely on, because I think as you touched on, she was a very private person. Although she gave a lot to charity, she didn't really want to be um, the front figure mm-hmm. uh, um, in that way. And that makes a real challenge for a biographer. Uh, exactly, exactly. But then other people who knew her have written about her, and certainly at the Rankin Jordan Hospital, her spirit is still so much alive. Um, my cousin Marcia and I were there yesterday going round and they were showing us round and it was quite emotional for us. To see this thing that she began. Exactly and, and the spirit of love that and compassion and care for the children and also very much uh, they still talk about what Mary said which was always consider the children first. Hmm. So they still talk about her almost as though she was round the corner. Wow, what that is an impressive legacy right there in light yeah. of how many years have passed. Exactly. Now, I did some math on the back of a napkin mm-hmm. here, and if my math is correct, she didn't start the hospital until about 36 years after she got married. I believe she was 72. Yes. What would make a woman in her 70s decide to start a hospital? That seems like such an ambitious move for an older woman. Well, 
she had uh, helped with a lot of charities. I mean, one of the charities that she helped was with the Newsboys of St. Louis. She set up their home and she was known as the Angel of the Newsboys. These were newspaper carriers? Yes. And young they needed lads a home? Who, yes, because they would have been, well, we're talking about 1900 here. This is something that she started very early on. So they would be poor lads that were selling newspapers and posting newspapers. Some of them they were orphans on the streets. Or, or homeless. Exactly, oh, and they okay. were on the streets. So she provided the home for them for example. And although she was also, she was president of the, what was the memorial home for about 30 years, I imagine she had such energy and enthusiasm and she loved children. so She didn't have any children of her own, but she loved children so much mm. uh, that she was thinking, what could she do? And I understand that she wanted to do something for children. She consulted her physician and her physician pointed out that a lot of children in those days were leaving hospital, but they perhaps still couldn't walk because of polio would say, um, and perhaps they'd never walk. So she decided to uh, start a hospital, which is, and that's why it's called Bridge, because it's the bridge between home and the hospital. So you can go to the hospital and enable to be go home because of the treatment that you get there. So it was almost a rehabilitation type it's, center. Exactly, it is, yes. Do you know yeah. when it sort of rose to get this acclaim to become such a leader in the field? Was that something that happened right away or did that well, take time? One of the doctors was telling us yesterday that he thought that Mary was very much ahead of her time because she didn't just hand over the money for the hospital. She researched it. She researched where it should be. She researched the sort of um, facilities that should be there. And she very much wanted to have a sense of fun and enjoyment for the children. And I say they were explaining at the Rankin Jordan, a lot of hospitals may be quite serious, but they saw fun as very important because the fun is a way of actually exercising. And she visited the hospital every day. Every day. Every day. And she knew all the children by name. And this is, again, while she's in her 70s yes. and then her 80s. Um, this was, so this wasn't just a project where she was giving money. She was, she was devoted to this. Absolutely. That's the other thing that really came over to me, that charity is sometimes giving money, which, of course, is very useful. But she gave her love and her thought and her planning very much to the hospital. So we're talking to Susan Walker today about the great St. Louis philanthropist Mary Rankin Jordan. And if you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation, you can give us a call at 314-382-TALK. That's 382-8255. And I know, Susan, you're also looking for people to reach out to you directly. What kind of information are you looking for about your great aunts at this point? Well, if anybody has any memories of her or if they've got parents who've memories of her, I would like to hear. But more importantly, I like to think of her legacy continuing in the future. So I would love to hear from people who perhaps as children were at the rank in Jordan, or perhaps studied music at the School of the Ozarks, other people whose lives have been touched by her legacy, to hear their stories. And I've written a booklet about her, but it's just the first draft, if you like. I would like to add to that with stories from St. Louis people, about how they've been affected by Great Aunt Mary. And uh, you've told our producers that if people want to reach out to you directly, that you're happy for us to give out your email. Yes, please. Uh, that's marymemories89 at gmail.com. So for those of you listening at home, if there's something that you would like to talk to Susan Walker about for this biography, it's marymemories89 at gmail.com. So Susan, yesterday you were at the hospital that your great aunt founded. Yes. Were, are there still people there who have direct memories of Mary or... At this point, has enough time passed? But. Yes. In fact, uh, there was 
um, one man, uh, Mr. Joseph Logan, he was her financial advisor. I had spoken to him on the phone. Sadly, he very recently died. But he did tell me about Mary and he said what a very good financial brain she had, mm. what a very good planner, which I think comes from her education and also working with her uncles. And he also said that she was very gentle, but very retiring. She didn't like publicity. And she always wanted the hospital to be a really nice place, somewhere that it was nice enough for the children that she could take friends to have uh, tea with the children. Oh, wow. So she <laughs> wanted a first-class hospital. Exactly. Um, we've actually got a phone caller here. Let's go to the lines and let's talk to Chris. Um, Chris calling from St. Louis. Hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi there. Uh, proud graduate of Rankin Technical College, and I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know the connection between David Rankin and the Jordan family. My question is about the Jordan family. Uh, she mentioned that uh, one fellow was from Sheffield, was in the cutlery business. Well, Henry Shaw was from Sheffield, and he was in the cutlery business. I wonder if there was any connection, or were they just competitors? How did they just coincidentally both end up in St. Louis to build their fortunes. Chris, that's a that's a really good question. And Susan Walker, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but one of the other big deal philanthropists in town was a man named Henry right. Shaw. Do you know whether there was any connection there between him and uh, Mary Rankin's husband's? Not family? yet, but you've now given me another project to do. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris, that, that sounds like that could be a great clue for Susan <laughs> to follow up on. Thank you so much. For that call. Um, Susan, you've mentioned a couple times that one of the other beneficiaries of her philanthropy is the School of the Ozarks in southwest mm-hmm. Missouri that mm-hmm. she founded the College yes. of Music there. Was music a particular interest of hers? Yes, it was. And I understand that her husband, Clay Jordan, was also a fine musician. Mm-hmm. And I haven't yet found out what instrument he played. That's another on my list of to find out what did he play but they both loved music and also um, there is still the Mary Rankin Jordan and Etty A. Jordan Foundation and they give to various organizations including the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. And that foundation is still active today? It's still active today yes and it also helps with the the Shakespeare St. Louis organization as well. Oh, so those and are some, some great institutions yes. in town. Yeah. Now, the hospital sent us a newspaper piece that was written about Mary Rankin Jordan just a couple years before her death. And the first few paragraphs read, though she has helped uncounted numbers of individuals and organizations, Mrs. Clay E. Jordan, now 91 years old, is probably the least known philanthropist in St. Louis. Her enthusiasm for worthy causes is matched only by her distaste for publicity. Do you have any idea what drove that that loathing of putting herself out there like that? Well, uh, she married, as as you know, in in, uh, 1905, and the newspapers were a little bit unkind. Mm. They said she had eloped. She and uh, her future husband went down to Virginia to get married. They wanted to do it privately. It was a little bit of an age gap. He was a little bit younger than her. And uh, the only person there was Etty, his cousin and her best friend. And there were a few, I've seen a few newspaper articles. There was fake news around in those days as it is in our days. What were they sort of implying about her there? Uh, they were implying that uh, she was an heiress and he wasn't. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Now, I have to say that same newspaper story noted that at 91, she had started lying down for a while every afternoon. At 91 years old, here she is finally taking a little bit of a nap. She must have been a really energetic woman. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) So one last question here. What are some of the big gaps that you have about her life at this point that you would like to get more information about? Um, I probably would like to know more about her earlier life. 
because there's a lot of information, I suppose, about the facts and figures of the various organisations, but it's perhaps more on the social side. She loved travelling. They went on three round-the-world trips. Mm. She loved playing golf, evidently. She loved horse riding. So I'd just like to know a little bit more about that side of her And about character. her as a person, not as a just person. A, a do-gooder. Although some of the things that she did do uh, explain a little bit. For example, there was a, a school that um, said that they didn't have enough milk supplies and they were constantly running out. She was very practical. She sent them a cow. <laughs> now, this is this is philanthropy I can get behind. So, unfortunately, we're out of time. Susan Walker, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Susan's email is marymemories89 at gmail.com if you have useful information. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you.